Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good evening. Um, um, if you will, just to help these guys out one more time, just raise your hands if you need a communion, um, communion packet for later in the service. Did everyone get that? If we still need one over here. Anyone else? Okay. My name is Tim Barton, and I'm the pastor of Family Ministries here at The Vine. And tonight, you know, we come to this service, uh, this Good Friday service. It is a a different type of service um, within our um, church year, but it's an opportunity for us tonight, um, like in every service, to look to Jesus, um, to look to him as our hope. And historically, Good Friday has been used as a time of reflection, um, a reflection on the weightiness of our sin, which resulted in Jesus suffering the wrath of God on the cross. And we know he did that on behalf of his people. And tonight, uh, what we're going to do, and again, I mentioned this is a little bit different, is we're going to relive that story um, by by telling that story again. And then while we do, we're going to be reminded um, that there was a purpose And and on our side of the cross, if you remember, um, we're on a different side of the cross than when this story was told. And on our side of the cross, um, I would even contend that it's not appropriate to speak of his death as those who have no hope. So tonight, our songs and prayers, even as we walk through this this story, um, our songs and prayers will point us to the grace of Jesus in in response to how we read um, the things we read in this story. And so I want to invite you to stand with me if you're, if you're able. Um, and it's perfectly, perfectly okay if you're not. Um, but I want to invite you to read aloud with me um, our call to worship. And it'll be on the screen behind me. This is from Isaiah 53. Um, many, many, many years before Jesus came. But speaking of the Jesus to come. And so we, we read this together. For he grew up. That is not the one that I have. <laughs> there we go. Let's start there in um, verse 2. That's my bad. Or we start in verse 1. That'll work. Um, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Lord, as we come before you this evening, Lord, we ask that by your presence among us, you would cause us to look upon Jesus. Lord, even as we see and and know our own brokenness, Lord, that our hope would be restored even again this night. 
But Lord, in our own strength, we come distracted. Lord, we come with many things on our minds. And so we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would draw our minds and hearts together this evening, that we might look to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, even as we consider the cross. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. you sing with us. I stand amazed in the So we pick up the story as 
Jesus has already been betrayed. He's been on trial. The crowds have yelled, crucify him. And now he's headed to be crucified. In Luke chapter 23, we pick up in verse 56, or 26. It says, And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breast that never nursed. Then they will begin to say that the mountains fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light faded. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts, and all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things.
For our message this evening, um, now we're going to back up in the story. And we're going to back up to Thursday, prior to Jesus' crucifixion. And so we pick up in Luke chapter 22, uh, beginning in verse 31. And Jesus, speaking to Simon Peter, says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. I'm going to pause right there for a minute, um, and we're going to we'll pick back up in just a minute. But Because uh, I don't want us to miss right here, all right, right here in, th- in this moment. Uh, Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus is saying here to Peter, you're going to fail me. He's also saying here to Peter, you were going to return again to me. I've prayed for you. I'm going to make sure that that happens. 
And I didn't want you to miss that uh, because Peter definitely missed it in the moment. Go to verse 34, or verse 33, excuse me. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. Now to verse 47. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you were talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Tonight, I just want to highlight a couple things um, from the passage from, from Peter um, and, a couple th- and, and in that, a couple things for our lives as well. I think what we see in this passage from Peter and from this story of Peter is that first, we are all broken before Jesus. We are all broken before him. Jesus told Peter, you catch that in the story as we're reading through that. I know that's a lot more scripture than, than at once than, than we might be accustomed to, but I wanted you to get that full picture because Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him because Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him. And then in verse 61, Jesus looks at Peter, and Peter knew in that moment that his sin was seen His sin was known. Here he was in front of Jesus whom he had sworn to protect, in front of Jesus who he had sworn to stand side by side with. And you catch this? Peter really tried very, very hard to fix the situation. Don't miss that. Peter was trying hard. And I believe with good intention to fix the situation. You see, Peter was trying to be the best, most fervent disciple. We see that over and over again from Peter. You know, Peter's always, when, someone's, when, when things are quiet, they're not quiet long because Peter's going to talk. <laughs> Peter's the first to speak in these situations. He's the first to try to do things. Again, always trying to live up to what he said he was going to do. He was eager to do the right thing. That's what we saw, see in verse 33. Uh, Jesus, I'm ready to go to prison or death for you. He's ready to defend Jesus. Verse 50, it says in, one, in, the, in our passage, it says, And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. We know that was Peter because the Gospel of John says it was Peter. 
Peter was trying to be the hero for Jesus and the other disciples. He was trying, catch this, he was trying to save Jesus. But again, here now in verse 61, after he had denied Jesus three times and Jesus turned and looked at Peter, Peter remembered what Jesus had told him. And in that moment, he knew that Jesus could see to the depth of his heart. Jesus could see his lack of faith. Jesus could see his lack of loyalty in that moment. I'm going to put this in our terms. Peter had failed Jesus. He had failed Jesus. He had sinned against Jesus. All that Peter had worked for, all the things he was trying to be, were now gone. Peter wanted to be strong. He wanted to honor Jesus and support him. But now he knew he had not. And he could not. And in that moment, it was too much for Peter. In that moment... He broke. In that moment, he broke and he went out and he wept bitterly. He lost hope because he had failed Jesus. Maybe you feel that way tonight. Maybe because of your sin or your lack of faith, or your inability to fix bad situations in your own heart, or the to, to inability to do the right thing to help others, maybe you come and you feel like you have failed Jesus. And as we look at Jesus going to the cross, it's a reminder that we feel that way. We feel like we have failed Jesus. The cross reminds us that we feel that way because it's true. And it's true of every single person, no matter what age you are, sitting in here in this room right now. We have failed Jesus. The cross is a reminder, you see, of our sin. It's a reminder of our brokenness and desperate need for Jesus. If we're going to have any hope, if anything's going to change in our lives, it's going to be through the work that Jesus did on the cross and then what comes after. You see, Peter was never meant to save Jesus, was he? That was not the point. Peter thought it was, but that wasn't the point. The very fact that Peter would try to save Jesus in his own strength is evidence of Peter's need and our need for Jesus to go to the cross. We could not earn our way as we tried to do things in our own strength. Our sin would not allow it. Our sin must be dealt with. But here's the good news. Now that Peter, now that Peter's hope is no longer, he's, he's broken now. It's, his hope is no longer in what he could do for Jesus. Now that he was broken before Jesus, Peter is finally in a place to receive what Jesus was about to do. It was never about what Peter could accomplish, but about what Jesus had come to do. Do you realize tonight that you need to reach that point again and again? And as I say often, and John says often, and it's not just you, it's me that again and again and again we need to reach that point where we realize I cannot do this in my own strength. If I'm operating in my own strength, I will grow weary and I will fail. And it's at that point that Jesus says, I know. That's why I came. That's the testimony of his word. You see, Jesus came to restore hope to the broken. Are you willing to say before the Lord tonight, uh, you know, as I stop and I think, are you willing to come before him tonight and say, Lord, please forgive me for the places I continue to try to do this in my own ability? Like, I can't answer that question for you. But are you willing to ask him of that tonight?
Lord, please forgive me of the places I'm continuing to try to do this in my own ability. Because the reality is if we really get down to it, we all are still trying to do that. Even in those places where we've given up in, in, in um, depression and fear and anxiety, even in those places, that's because we've been trying to do it in our own ability and we come to a place of realizing we can't. You, you see what I'm saying? And so tonight, are you willing to ask that question? And please forgive me for the places I fail to surrender to your ways and your work. Here, here's what it comes down to for us. Just like with Peter, Jesus knows your lack of faith. Jesus looks at you and knows every time you're angry, every time I'm angry, every time you think you're better than someone else, every time I think I'm better than someone else, every time you question his way, you could keep inserting me in there too, I won't. Um, every time you question his way, every time you get frustrated with your spouse or your kids, every time you want to serve yourself, Instead of looking to the interest of others, he knows every one of our thoughts. And he looks at us right now. Just like Peter's sin was not hidden from him, neither is yours. He sees what the rest of us cannot see. And he knows we're trying to, we're still dealing with trying to figure all this out in our own ability. We're trying to cover it up sometimes even. So other people can't see and sometimes we even think so God can't see, but he can and we're trying to do all those things, but the cross reminds us that he came to be broken so that the broken might have hope restored. Dane Ortland, in his book, uh, Gentle and Lowly, which I'd highly recommend um, to you, um, he wrote, and this is, this is hard for us to grasp, so, so listen, um, I failed to get it up here on the screen, but um, he wrote, it was the joyous anticipation of seeing his people made invincibly clean that sent Jesus through his arrest, death, burial, and resurrection. Let me say it again. It was the joyous anticipation of seeing his people made invincibly clean that sent Jesus through his arrest, death, burial, and resurrection. And he goes on to say, when we today partake of that atoning work, that saving work, coming to Christ for forgiveness, communing with him despite our sinfulness, we are laying hold of Christ's own deepest longing and joy. Let me put it another way. Jesus does not get frustrated or, or flustered when we come to him for forgiveness when we come to him for renewed pardon, when we come with distress and need and emptiness, that doesn't bother Jesus. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. It's what he came to heal. It's where he came to restore hope to the broken. He went down into the horror of death and came out the other side in order to provide a limitless supply of mercy and grace to his people. And so he looks at you, and he looks at me. If we come in the name of Jesus, and he says, I know every bit of this sin and the hurt and the pain it causes you. And you cannot out-confess what I've done for you. He says, come, lay it before me. I went to the cross and took the punishment and pain of sin that you deserve. I bore it on myself for you. I did it because I love you. My son, my daughter, I paid for those things. And so you are mine. With all your sin, your struggles, and your doubts, you belong to me. Jesus came to restore hope to the broken. And just like he said to Peter, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. 
Jesus is promising to Peter that he's praying for Peter and that through Pe- and that though Peter will deny him, Peter's faith will be upheld. He will repent. He will return to Jesus because of, here's the key, because of what Jesus is doing, he will return. And in case you don't remember, Jesus kept this promise to Peter. And we have evidence of it later in Scripture. In Peter's own words, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, we see that in the midst of crazy circumstances and tons of persecution in the early church, Peter writes this. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Peter went from a man, he went from a man that was, who did what made sense to him at the time, who was always kind of running out before God. And as he was broken in that moment before the cross, and as he continued to learn after Jesus went away into heaven and said, into heaven and says he, he, let, he gave his spirit, and as he learned with the indwelling spirit working in him to surrender his controls, surrender the ways he thought best, to say, Lord, he learned to say, Lord, if I'm tested, okay. If I'm insulted for Christ, okay. If I'm uncomfortable with my circumstances, okay. Jesus had promised, you will return again to me even after you fail me because it's about what I'm doing. I'm praying for you. I'm going to do this work in you. Now you may think, well, great. I'm glad he did that for Peter. You know what Hebrews 7.25 says? Hebrews 7.25 says, Jesus is able to save the uttermost, to the uttermost, that means completely, <laughs> those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Does that sound familiar? You see, that's not just a promise for Peter. That is a promise to anyone who come in the name of Jesus that he is going to keep you. He is going to protect you. He is going to return you again and again to him. It is his work consistently and faithfully. All of that couldn't have happened without the cross. Because at the cross, he was broken. His body was broken. His blood was shed so that he might pay for the sins that we deserve. And so that as we come to him in faith, the faith that he gives, we know again and again and again he receives us. And it's not like Okay, yeah, I'll take you back again. If your kids have been gone for a while and they come home, there's a story in the Bible about this, but a lot of you have experienced it. And they come home, even if they've done some really dumb stuff, when they come home, how do you receive them? open arms and say run into my arms it's this joyous anticipation that Jesus has again and again and again and so when we come to a day like today that's what makes this good that's what makes it good Friday
if you're here tonight, maybe you've known Jesus at some point in some time in your life, or you've talked about him, or if you've learned about him. But what God's word says, and, and what many of us in here can tell you from experience is, if you return to him, he will receive you in joyous anticipation. So I'd encourage you to consider that this evening. Think of those things. And if you're here tonight and you are a follower of Jesus, I want to give you a few moments. Um, and I want to ask you to just to, to take a few minutes privately and ask the Lord to show you that any of those places in your life where you're still trying to do it all on your own, that thing we were talking about earlier, and where you need to surrender to control to him and say, Lord, I'm trying to do this in my own strength, and I want to lay that down. And I want to say my only hope is in what you, the Lord Jesus Christ, have done for me. You see, as followers of Jesus, we get the beauty and the opportunity to do it again and again. And every time, Jesus says, come. Run into my arms, and he will receive you. He didn't come for strong people. He came for people in their weakness. Spend a few minutes with the Lord, um, acknowledge those things before him, and then I'll lead us back into a corporate time of confession as well. Thank you, Lord, that you hear these prayers, the prayers from the hearts of your people. And now I invite you to look up with me. And together as a body of believers, anyone who believes in the name of Jesus and that it's through him alone that you can be saved, will together, will you confess our sin with me. Um, our great and everlasting God who dwells in unapproachable light, who searches and knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart, we confess that we have not loved you with all our heart, nor with all our soul, nor with all our mind, nor with all our strength, nor our neighbors as ourselves. We have loved what we ought not to have loved. We have coveted what is not ours. We have not been content with your provisions for us. We have complained in our hearts about our family, about our friends, about our health, about our occupations, about your church, 
about our trials and about you failing to work for our timeline and our plan. We have sought our security in those things which perish rather than in you, the everlasting God. We confess these things asking that you forgive us through Jesus Christ who has saved for all time those who come to you through him. And now hear this assurance of pardon. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Will you sing in reflection as we prepare um, for the Lord's table? If you will, wait just a minute on opening these. Um, I'll give you time, I promise. Um, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. And the same way after supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. It's a tangible thing because 
in one sense, our minds need it to be able to see, to be able to remember. But by the Spirit working through these things, our hearts need it. That we might again know, fresh and new, the limitless grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for those who come through the work of Jesus. And so tonight, if you know him, then this table is a place for you to come, for you to be encouraged, for you to be strengthened in your faith by the work of his grace, by what Jesus did. But if you don't know him this evening, um, we'd encourage you uh, to wait, to not come to the table. But we'd love to talk to you following the service. Um, if you have any questions about these things we spoke about this evening, if you have thoughts about this, this stuff about who Jesus is, about his desire to receive those he's called by name. So now you can take a moment to open these. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would take these ordinary things, um, this wafer, this bread, this cup, and that by them you would nourish and strengthen the hearts of your people. Lord, testify by your spirit that these things you have done, these things you have said, the things you promise are true. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. His body given for you, take. His blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sin. Drink from it, all of you. Lord, there's nothing we can say, but thank you. We praise your name, Jesus. We run to you grateful for your grace, for your mercy, and your love. I praise your name. Amen. Will you stand and join us in song and response? Um, even as we look forward to Sunday morning, let's praise his name together.
As you go this evening, may this be the testimony that you sense in your heart. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then in him I am strong. Amen.
Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.